Podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, momentarily, the color analyst for Iowa State, Eric Heft. In about 20 minutes from now, we will speak with uh, Wade Looking Bill, a former Hawk, Purdue, Iowa tonight, West Virginia, Iowa State. Eric Heft will be at Hilton Coliseum. They'll be on the air down the dial, 100.3, and all over the Cyclone Radio Network starting tonight at 7. Uh, Tip time is at 8 or couple of minutes after, depending on when the early game gets over. Eric, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Looking at a sunny day. Uh, maybe a sunny win tonight, huh? Yeah, you, you know, it'd be good. <laughs> it'd be nice for the uh, the fan base to get one more uh, nice win. When you look back on things, Eric, that win, uh, boy, a couple of weeks ago now against Texas, um, that didn't look like it was that shiny. Eh, Texas, not that good, yada, yada, yada. They're playing very well right now. I think the uh, the clones were the last team to beat them. But I get your point. Yep. It would be nice for the uh, the the, uh, the fans and the team to bring the curtain down in Hilton with a win one more time. Well, I think Texas kind of is a poster child for college basketball this year. It really is how crazy it's been. You know, I mean, when they left Ames, I mean, I thought you could stick a fork in them. Yeah. I mean, they were they played terrible. They weren't that interested. You know, it was a thirty point game. The next week, Iowa State loses at home by 30. And then the following game, Texas wins at Texas Tech. So, I mean, that's, it's just the crazy kind of year college basketball has been. And unfortunately, the craziness hasn't really gone Iowa State's way as much as we would have liked. Been a frustrating year, no doubt. And people, of course, looking towards the future. Most people assume Tyrese Halliburton not going to be back and he'll depart and be a first-rounder in the NBA draft. But the guy sitting out this year, I, I know there's been more and more questions as the season has gone on, what they're going to have with Johnson coming in, the transfer from Troy. Have you seen him at practice at all? What kind of player is he going to be for next year's Cyclones? Well, he's kind of that play two, three, maybe mm-hmm. even four if you're playing small ball. Uh, he can shoot it. Uh he has the ball. I mean, he's been playing point guard all year on the scout team. So kind of the same thing they did with Mario Shayok two years ago. And it really, really paid off a big time for Mario. Uh, he can make shots from the perimeter. He's got to get a little stronger, got to get a little tougher. I mean, I think just like a lot of guys who are lean. Uh, but he's got a good basketball IQ, and hopefully it'll translate uh, uh, right now. He'd probably be starting for us right now, put it mm. that way. I don't know if that's damned with faint praise or not here in your view but but he's a guy that can really help for sure you know solomon young as they go back to the uh, the west virginia game in in morgantown i uh, had an off night shooting what it was it to way that uh that shut him down because solomon young as you well know eric's had some terrific games 20 plus points a handful of times uh uh this this season during the big 12 play but but at west virginia it did not go his way what did they do uh to kind of to effectively uh shut him down that night was it to well, it was well. He and Culver. I mean, they got Culver two guys too, right. in there, and I yeah. think the double. You know, they doubled him a little bit because he'd had some success. But primarily, you know, he missed a couple shots, and maybe he felt presence. But the shots he's been making, and I don't know whether that got into his confidence level. But 
that's really, you know, that's really about the only game in that latest stretch where he has not played really well. So, you know, and I talked to Coach Prome on, on our show last night, and he said, you know, one of the things for Solomon, if, if you have aspirations, I mean, we need to make you a more focal point of our offense, you know, going forward next year. And nights like tonight, when you're playing against a couple of bigs, this is your chance to really showcase what you can do against some of the you know, elite big men around. And you know, we'll see what he does tonight. But it's a big night for him, and I think if he has a big night, it gives Iowa State a great opportunity to win. Senior night, always special. You've been through a lot of these throughout the years, Eric, and uh, we were just talking earlier in the program today, Michael Jacobs and Prentice Nixon going through it for their final time. They're just, there's something that as a college sports fans always tugs at you. You see the guys, they talk, they see their family before or after the game, whatever it is. These senior nights, regardless of how long they've been around the program, they're always special. Well, they are, you know, and I think, yeah, for the players too. They don't know what kind of what they're going to feel. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it'll kind of take them by surprise, I'm sure. In regardless of how much success you've had this season, you know, but the bonds you have with your guys, you think about, hey, last time playing in front of these fans, the last time putting on the, the white jerseys. I mean, those things kind of crop into your head, and hopefully, they can get rid of those thoughts, you know, after the game gets started. But it is an emotional time, and Steve. Uh, Steve Prome is a big guy. This is one of his favorite nights of the year every year, regardless of what kind of season it's been. And I know uh, he's hoping everybody will stick around to hear what the guys have to say afterward. Uh, hopefully it will be a happy, happy crowd. Mm. Uh, Michael Jacobson has to be happy the way his uh, last three, four weeks, the month of February, uh, seems like, you know, after last year, after the junior season that they capped off, uh, you know, w- 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 cutting down the nets in, in uh, Kansas City, he's a big part of that team. He's a big presence on the stage when they're celebrating. Comes back as a senior this year, and, you know, that group of guys was pretty special around him. But the month of February, Michael Jacobson has, uh, has been really good. I love to see seniors playing their best ball at the end of their career, and Jacobson certainly is. No question. You know, I'm really happy for him, too. He's put in the time, and you know, when things weren't going well for him, it wasn't an effort issue, ever. He couldn't get shots down, and I think it kind of plays with you a little bit once you start missing shots, and missing shots that you typically have made in the past. And But he's made some shots, and I think that's just really overall energized him. And he and Solomon have done a great job inside for you know, it kind of takes away what Iowa State was probably going to be doing more of was play four guards. And now, you know, two of Iowa State's best players are Solomon and Mike. So those guys are doing a great job and happy, really happy for Mike. I mean, he's, I mean, he's, I know he's only played two years. He's been here three years. He's an Iowa guy. And he's going to be a tremendous success in life. I'd love to see him finish his basketball career at Iowa State in the best possible way. Eric Heff, the radio analyst for Iowa State men's basketball, along with football, joining us here, Miller and Condon on KXNO. The two freshmen, Caleb Grill, hasn't shot it as well. The offensive uh, numbers have not been great this year, but without him against TCU, I don't know if they win that game because of what he did on the other end of the floor. I think it says a lot about Grill. He's still engaged, and even with the offense not coming, he's played on that floor. What you've seen out of him and his growth going into a sophomore year, coupled with Trey Jackson, who's been really good at times. Well, you know, I think both those guys are going to be key parts going forward. I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll never be starters you know, on a regular basis as the program evolves. Maybe they will. But, I mean, these guys are going to be contributors for sure because, you know, very unusual for freshmen, especially if they struggle to score. Uh, these guys have been really good defensively all year, and that's extremely rare for freshmen at this level. Uh, 
I think, you know, coaches talk all the time about, man, Caleb can make shots. He just has not made them in games. He's had a wrist injury. It's hurt him a little bit. Uh, but I think the game has just been – he gets a little bit too sped up out on the court. Mm. But as he learns to calm down, I think he's the guy that can make some shots. I mean, he, he and Trey both have to get stronger you know, going forward. And they've got to work on their ball skills, be, be, be better creators. Uh, but they have the work ethic. I think they're going to be really good contributors over the next three years. Uh, Texas Tech-Baylor last night was such a terrific basketball oh, wow. game. And wasn't that fun to watch? I mean, Texas oh, Tech, man. I don't know how they're losing these games lately, but somehow they are. And Beard's got a nice team, and they're going to be really good next year, as you know as well, Eric. But, you know, Baylor without Vital, who's such an important piece of that team. Bandu stepped up. Teague was great in overtime. Butler's Butler. Gillespie had an off night but what do you what do you expect from this Baylor team we're trying to figure out well we're, we're, we're picking your brain a little bit here Eric Heft because March oh, is, is upon I, us I, I really like this team and I, I like this team for a couple of reasons one offense and defense but primarily defense, defense they're really yeah. good there vital is vital can guard uh, if you have one guy who can be a prolific scorer uh, unless he's unless he's you know your center I mean, he can take him out. I mean, he's really, <laughs> literally, and figure. Right, he's a big dude. I might add, uh, but him not them winning without him last night, I think, was really good for their psyche. I tell you, the other thing I like about them too, and we didn't get to see Tristan Clark last right. night either. Yep. And they're they're really thin inside, but Tristan Clark has made great strides in the last month and has become a guy who there's been really very little drop off if Gillespie has to go out. I thought that was going to be an issue for them going forward if Gillespie got in foul trouble or injured. Right now, uh, with Clark, assuming he's going to be healthy going forward, I think that gives them four terrific guards on the perimeter who can guard and who can shoot. Uh, he can get to the basket. And then vital, and then you throw in the two bigs. I mean, I think, I think it's a really good combination, and uh, it's a team that's pretty well connected, I'd say, on both ends of the floor. Uh, I, I like this team a lot, uh, but hey, once you get in this year's tournament, hey, a bad shooting night can doom about anybody, but yeah. I think they'll guard well enough to maybe avoid that longer than some teams could. Do you like them better than Kansas? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even think about that, Hans. No, they're really good, aren't they? It's I, like them, I like them both. You know, I just yep. think the <laughs> Azubuke, very few teams that are going to be able to deal with that, and the way Bill Self has his offense going to really feature what his strengths are. Mm -hmm. I mean, he hasn't made a shot outside five feet all year. Right. <laughs> he is still a terrific impact player. And he's a bigger impact this year because of the condition he's in. In the past, he's kind of been a little too heavy. He's lost the weight. He can play longer stretches, which is really important. And McCormick's pretty good. I mean, yeah. he's a McDonald's All-American. He can give you some minutes there, too. But Marcus Garrett and Devon Dotson, those two guys can really stir the drink. You know who I like on that team, Eric, is that freshman Brown. It's spelled Braun, uh, but I yeah. think he pronounces – boy, he can shoot. He can, you know, and he's the guy – he can be an X-factor. But the biggest X-factor on that team, I think, because there are so many constants that I really Garrett. like between Garrett, Dotson, and Azubuke, is Isaiah Moss. Okay. And if it's not Isaiah Moss not making shots, then it will have to be Brown. But they're not a great perimeter shooting team, and we know what Moss can do when he gets on. Uh, and he could carry them maybe through a couple of rough patches in a game or two in the tournament. He doesn't have to be great every time, but there may be times when he has to step up and make a couple of shots, and he can do that if he does. I like Kansas. is probably my overall favorite. I think they're most everybody. So what would be the knock against them? They appear to be the most complete team in a weird year of college basketball. If you're going on the other side and saying, 
I don't want to pick Kansas to win it all. I want to go with somebody else. What's your knock against this Jayhawk squad? Sometimes they can't make perimeter shots, and if you can keep them from getting to the basket, you have somebody who can match up with Azubuke or do a great job keeping Garrett you know, and Dotson from getting into the paint where they can make those lobs to Azubuke. You know, if they can't knock down the outside shot, uh, they can get a little stale on offense, and I think that would be one thing. They are really good guarding, though, and I think that's another thing that will really – you look at Ken Palm and look, see where – you know, Kansas, uh, Baylor, West Virginia, I think they're one, two, three in the country in defense. So, I mean, that's, that's something that could carry them. But at the end of the day, you got to score. And if they can take Azubuke away and, and they're not making the perimeter shots, they're, they're vulnerable like everybody else would be. I was looking at those Ken Palm numbers. Another one jumped out to me. How about this? Kansas, 277th in the country in free throw shooting. Remember that Memphis that team with Derek Rose yeah. and company, and they couldn't make free throws in the cost of a national title? And maybe something to keep you know in the what? back of your mind. And it could have gotten Baylor last night. Yes, yes. Baylor's had a couple of poor free throw shooting games too. So, indeed, yeah, you never know, man. Indeed, fun time of year. <laughs> great, a great time of year. No doubt, Eric. Thank you. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you down the road. All right. See you guys. Yeah, good to talk to you, Eric Heft, uh, Colorado's radio analyst uh, for both football and uh, men's basketball. Eight o'clock tonight. The bus. Has the pregame show at seven tip time just after eight. Who precedes Iowa State on the U? Do you know? I do not. No, I hadn't looked I, at the you know TV I schedule. Uh, I've got it right here. I've got it right here. I've got it right here. See if you can beat me to it. All right, we'll see who's quicker here. I, know, I can't see it. No, nothing. Oh, there it is. Uh, Cincinnati, South Florida. Cincinnati, South. Florida. So get that game over by seven fifty-five. Big that Ten thing Network sounds like it's got about. 86 fouls called in it. Just what about ugliness. what about Maryland Rutgers? Because that precedes the Hawks and Purdue. Maryland Rutgers. That thing, yeah, that's going to be slow. That's going to be ugly. Rutgers is going to muck it up in there. Yeah, that thing's going to get over 8-11. Yeah. So if you're looking for Iowa-Purdue, you can find it on the Big Ten, what do they call it, Big Ten Plus? Right, yeah. Big Ten app, yeah. whatever it is. Uh, anyways, we'll take a time out. We will talk about those Hawks and Purdue, a chance to revenge. Worst loss of the year. That's where you're going. I think it is. And still DePaul for me, especially what Paul DePaul's turned out to be. Yeah, they're bad. Yeah, fair point. Because, um, but Iowa was, we thought, we didn't know what Iowa was going to be. At that point, though, remember also what happened that day? No. Xavier Foster committed to Iowa State. It was a dark cloud over hot, Iowa basketball. Okay. I mean, it didn't affect the game, but I get where you're coming from. There, yeah. there was more elements than just what you saw the 40 minutes mm-hmm. of basketball. Now, Foster's career, uh, high school career ended last night? It did, yeah. They got beat. Wow. Had a monster dunk. So he won't get to Wells Fargo. He will not. Not the same team. He lost a lot of talent after off of last, last year's squad and not going to be down there. Bowen Board will be there, though. Yeah, I saw he filled it up again last night. <laughs> no, no, no No shock, right? He's awesome. Now, when will he play? Do you know? Uh, oh, you don't have the men's, you don't have yeah, the boys' Yeah, the schedule out. won't come out yet. 1A and 2A brackets are out. 3A prob- well, won't be released until after Wednesday because there was two sub-state games where their girls' teams mm-hmm. were playing at the tournament both yesterday and today, so they moved those back to Wednesday. Tonight, sub-state finals, though, in 4A. How about this one? Dakota State, Valley versus Waukee. Pretty good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ankeny's got a shot tonight. Ankeny Centennial will take on Johnston and Dowling. They got to go over to Council Bluffs. They'll be playing at Iowa Western Community College against Council Bluffs' Abe Lincoln. So we got a real opportunity having four locals on the uh, 4A mm. boys' side coming up next week. Looking forward to that. So what day will you be spending most of your time over at Wells Fargo next week? That would be Wednesday morning. That uh, things get started Tuesday night with the 4A first two quarterfinals and then 
Wednesday morning. They come back with the uh, the next team. Is so. our show in jeopardy at all? That- There's a possibility. I think 10.30 would be the first one. See, eh, maybe I'll even give you the day off if it, if it plays out that way. Schedule TBA. All right. Well, good stuff. We will take a time out. We know that uh, that we will not be on the air on Thursday as we will have girls uh, state coverage on Thursday. What time did you say tips are? 10, 15? Uh, it'll be 10 o'clock. 10, o'clock, 10 o'clock and 11.30? And uh, 11.45 is when they estimate. Game one will be Johnston. They will match up against the number two seed. That's Iowa City City High. And then the second game, 11.45, Waukee against Waterloo West. And you will have them both. And we will have Wade Looking, Bill, when we come back after these uh, messages. Miller and Condon with you until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106. Hi, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, coming up on 1130, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Time to talk some Iowa. They get a chance to... Uh, revenge, their worst loss of the season. Eh, Trent doesn't see it that way. Nah, I don't. He keeps going back to DePaul. That was embarrassing when they were in West Lafayette. The game got away from them. They blew the lead. They are up 2 nothing after all, Wade looking, <laughs> Bill, and couldn't hold on. Uh, good to talk to you, Wade. Trent and Ken, how's things? Good, good. You guys are trying to get rid of me. I heard the show. <laughs> no, no, uh, no. Yeah, no. Yeah. Ryan Cleaner. No. What? <laughs> Take my what? spot. No, I don't want that at all. I just, I, I hate imposing. I don't know what you're doing. I, you know, no, we never turn my back on Wade looking, Bill. I, I just, the Craner would be good at this, don't you think? I think he would too. I got, I met his dad real briefly at the Wisconsin game, and, you know, I think they just, he has a good personality. But I tell you, he, he's going to be, he's going to be playing basketball. You think he um, is? Yep. Yep. Yep, I, I think he's even like a, a, a G League type of guy. Hmm. He's somebody that, you know, can't play in the NBA. He, he'll be in camp somewhere, though, because he's he's big. I don't know if you guys have ever seen him up close, but he's a good 6'9", six, 6'9 nine, six, nine and a half, but he's got that wingspan. Yeah. You talk about your 6'9", but the 7-foot wingspan, which is what people like better than, you know, Adam Woodbury was 7'1", but he had those short arms. Mm-hmm. So you'd rather have 6'9", long arms than 7'1", and not... And, you know, he, he he shoots it well enough that he's a threat on that pick and pop. But I tell you, he does one thing that's almost kind of a lost art nowadays, that he will go inside and, and he will bang. And a lot of guys do not want to do that anymore. And I think that's something that, that separates him from a lot of bigs around. And, you know, again, he's not going to play in the NBA. But he'll be in camp somewhere. But I think he's a D-League type of guy. But definitely, if, if he wants to, he can make some money overseas. The other senior I'll be honored tonight, Bakari Evelyn, a guy that when he came in, we talked to a couple of Valley people. They said, eh, boy, he really struggled during his junior year. Had a nice sophomore season at Valpo, but people wondered what his fit was going to be. Because of injuries, certainly more minutes than I think a lot of people anticipated here. It's just a short career. That's the the difference here with the grad transfers. You just get them for a season, and you don't have the same memory bank as you have with a guy like Creener here. But he's certainly been a very welcome addition to this year's squad. I think he's been great. I think especially down the road, you know, down the stretch this, these last couple weeks, he's been really good. And, you know, like you said, I, and they knew all along, I think, that, that Jordan Bohan was not going to play. And that's why they brought right. Bakari in, because they knew Jordan wasn't going to play but the first 10 or so games of the year. But he's been solid. You know, he defends, and he's, you know, 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, he shoots it well enough to play that one, play the two. He can guard. Um, they would not have as many wins 
without him out there. He's he's had a nice season. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, Bay, uh, Purdue, Baylor, Purdue had a terrific game uh, against the Hawkeyes, as, as we were talking about. I think it was their uh, okay, there's one of their worst losses of the year. We'll 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 we'll, may, we'll compromise here, Trent. We'll call it one of their right. worst well, losses yeah. of the year. Uh, the Purdue game just got away from me. Draw a line through it. Every seemingly every school has one of those each and every year. Stefanovic was uh, was terrific in that game. Boudreaux couldn't miss uh, in the basketball game. Uh, but here's an opportunity for the Hawkeyes to you know to maybe depending on Illinois what happens on Sunday night maybe. Uh, Put themselves in that double buy scenario. How do they, um, you know, right the wrong, which was uh, Purdue in West Lafayette a few weeks ago? Yeah, you, you know, Purdue's such a strange team. I mean, they they blew out Iowa, they blew out Virginia, they they won at Indiana, which you know Iowa got destroyed there, but then they lose at Nebraska. That was Bobby Knight Day, was it not? Yeah. It was. It was yeah. Bobby yeah. Knight Day, national TV, all, and they and, and that's a huge rivalry. Yeah. Those two schools do not like each other at all, and they beat them bad, and mm-hmm. it wasn't really even that close. You know, so I tell you, Purdue is thinking, you know, they're probably at the Corville Marriott right now, <laughs> you know, going through stuff, getting ready, but they're thinking, hey, we win tonight on the road. We got Rutgers at home this weekend. Those are two good wins. Mm-hmm. We win two games in the Big Ten tournament, maybe get, you know, to the semifinals and fight, and even if we get beat, they think they can get in. So, this is a tough matchup. Now, now, that being said, senior day is special. I mean, I still remember we played Illinois my senior day, and I think it's different for guys like Ryan Creener, maybe like myself, that from Iowa, they were there all four years. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. You do not want to lose that last game, especially the way they played or even tried to play at Purdue. They just got destroyed. But that being said, I, I still think Iowa wins this game, you know, 8, 10, 11 points. But don't let Purdue hang around because they, they will guard you. They, they will guard you, and that, that Williams kid inside big, you know, mm-hmm. he, he's the type of guy that can kind of bang with, with Luca. you know, hope, hopefully not get him in foul trouble, but don't let him hang around. You know, get, on, get, get on him early. You don't let him make 12-3. You just got to defend from the three-point line. C.J. Frederick being back, a, a big help, as we saw over the weekend in the win against Penn State. This is a guy we talked about Wade a lot during our conversations this year. Such an enjoyable player to watch. Mm-hmm. He moves without the basketball. He sets himself up. He's got some wiggle to get to the rim. And, of course, an excellent shooter from the outside. Just how different the offense looks to you with Frederick back in the lineup. They're, they're a different team, no question. You kind of forget about it. But before he got hurt, I don't know where he's at now as far as qualifying, but he was leading the Big Ten in three-point percentage by far. Um and he's, he's big, too, 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, he can guard. Um, and he's got enough off the dribble where he can help you break press. He can defend. You know, it's funny. He's kind of everything Isaiah Moss was not. You know, Isaiah Moss, you know, Chicago Simeon guy, public school Chicago, you know, could shoot it, but just would not guard anybody. And I think with, with CJ, he brings everything Isaiah could, except he will guard you. He will defend, and maybe even with... With Tyler Cook, the same way. I, I think if, if Tyler Cook doesn't go to the NBA, Luca Garza definitely does not have the year he has because Tyler, you know, a- athletically he is at the, the top 1% of the 1%, but can't shoot, so he kind of clogs the middle up, demands the ball, but without him, it opens everything up for, for Luca. And I think with, with Tyler Cook, you know, leaving early and Isaiah Moss transferring, that just makes both Garza 
and start to be that much more valuable. I saw a story today, Wade, uh, that there's that there's mathematical formula out there for a six-way tie, believe it or not, at the top of the <laughs> Big that right? Ten. That it could happen. In your mind, who is the best team in the Big Ten? It's Maryland. I think it's Maryland. I know they had a tough one over the weekend, but, you know, it's just in my prediction, you know, Iowa's going to win tonight, probably lose Sunday. I mean, Illinois, they're they not happy with the way that game ended the other night, and you know, Iowa has, hasn't, has not been great on the road. You know, they really have not been competitive. They were competitive at the Palestra, which was, you know, not a true home game, but close right. enough for Penn State. Um, but, they, you know, so other than that, besides the two games they've won, it's not like they've been in Barnburner. So they have not been great on the road. Now, they've been terrific at home. They're going to go 10-0 at home. But, um, you know, so history shows that they're going to win tonight, lose on Sunday. And that probably keeps them out of that double buy. But I still think, you know, there's <laughs> there's ten teams, maybe even eleven, that think they can win the Big Ten tournament. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, if you're mm-hmm. if you're Purdue, are you that you know scared to play Maryland or that scared to play this Michigan State team? So I think Maryland's the best team, but there's eleven teams that could that could win the tournament next weekend. You know, I know they beat Minnesota. I'm struggling to remember who the other road one was. They lost it in Nebraska. They won at Northwest. Northwest. There, Northwest. You, go. there yeah, you go. Yeah. Yep. Thank the you. other one you always have to bring up <laughs> right. when you're talking about finding ways yeah. to pick up road victories. Wade with the yep. Big Ten tournament yep. on the horizon and a limited team in terms of depth. I was never made it even to Saturday in the semifinals under Fran McCaffrey. How much importance yeah. is that? Is that to the program getting there? CBS has the coverage. You're on national television, yeah. someplace that Iowa hasn't been, at least broadcast television, in a long time. How important do you think that is for the program? Yeah, it, it, it's it, it's a fact. This is Fran's 10th year, and for whatever reason, he has not been good at all in the Big Ten tournament. And I, I don't know why that is, because he's a really good coach. I like their assistance. Um, now, their style is not really unique, you know, so they're easy to prepare for. You know, they don't, they don't press, so they don't run a certain zone defense like maybe Syracuse would, so they're harder to, to prepare for. But um, it, it'd be great if they could get to the semifinals, and if, if not that, even in the finals. Because, you know, there's a big difference between being a, a, a four seed and a five seed, or, or, or a, I'm not sorry, a four seed or a seven seed, or even a five and a seven. You know, there, there aren't a lot of teams you're scared of, in the, in the in the tournament this year, you know, I'm talking about in, in the NCAA tournament, but you really want to stay away from the ones and the twos because sometimes those games are in Greensboro, North Carolina, where you got to play Duke in North Carolina. Right. There's almost like a home court type of feel, and that's not it's not that you're so scared of Duke talent wise, but a lot of times you you play Kansas in Omaha, you know, and that's it is what it is. So those are the games you got to stay away from. So I'd I'd rather have them be four, five, six. I don't think they'll drop past the seven seed. Um, I, I think they're a five or six if everything kind of holds holds serve. Interesting. Uh, I want to ask you about Joe Wieskamp. Uh, two minutes into the game against Penn State, roughly, he makes the three. You think to yourself, at least I was. Oh, here we go. Uh, he's back, type of thing, right? Uh, and then I think that was the only three. Was the only three that he made uh, against Penn State. When you watch him shoot the basketball, and I mean, I don't know if your memory goes back a few games when he was filling it up. Is what what, what has happened? Is there is it mechanically? Is it mental? What do you think it is with yeah, Joe Wieskamp? It looks different. Doesn't it? It, it does. Looks different when the first twenty-five games. I mean, my buddy sit back and even every shot he takes looks like it's going in. Every shot he takes, you know. But these last five, six games, it looks different. I don't know what it is. 
I, if I was Joe and if I was the coaches, I would say, hey, look, you know, you still keep taking open shots, but maybe instead of getting six rebounds tonight, you get nine. Maybe instead of getting two steals, you get four. You know, hold your guy um, that you're guarding well under his scoring average because his shot's going to come back. Um, you know, get out on the break more, get some easy baskets. But he's passing up shots. There were a couple times he would drive the lane, and, you know, it looked like he had an open 10, 12-footer but wouldn't shoot it. But when he shoots from three, whatever reason, it just it just looks different. And I don't know if he's fighting an injury. You know, every, everybody's banged up this time of year, cause, especially Iowa because they played so many minutes. But it just it looks different, and it's it's kind of – it's kind of could be a problem. Wait, uh, earlier today I was perusing some different brackets, and one of them that I came across had a couple of Iowa ties for both you and I and for Iowa. The Hawkeyes were lined up with Steve Forbes, and East Tennessee State, a Lone Tree native and a guy that was clamoring a decade ago for the Iowa job. The other side, you and I, was going up against Bruce Pearl. I wanted to ask you about Pearl, though. He was an assistant coach during your time with the Hawkeyes. Of course, the Deion Thomas saga, many people know a lot about. <laughs> Maybe that'll be a summer conversation. We'll do a summer series with you and uh, get deeper into that. But just him as an assistant coach, what he was like under Dr. Tom and, and being you know, on that bench uh, with Pearl there, because we see him as a head coach. How was he as an assistant? He was the same. He was the same. You know, remember when he was at Tennessee and he painted his chest uh-huh. at Summit's women's game? Yep. You know, um, I tell you what, he was, he was the type of guy that assisted. I, I think he's calmed down a little bit as a head coach, but he was a motivator and he was a salesman. You know, mm-hmm. when, you're, when you're recruiting those kids, you have to go into their house and you have to sell them why you should come to Iowa instead of Illinois, Michigan, or Indiana. And, th- and this is why. And Pearl would, would, fire you up and make and motivate you to run through a wall, but also then you could tell he was really good as a coach. As as an X and O guy, he would run a lot of the scout teams. You know, he would have so many, you know, each assistant coach has has a scout. And whenever Bruce Pearl had his scout, he he had everything to perfection. He knew every little nuance out of bounds play, every every tendency. So he could motivate and sell, which means recruit, and he's also a good coach. And you know Auburn. I mean, they were awful a couple of years ago, and you can argue. You know he's, you know he's, he won't break the rules, but I think he'll bend them a little bit. I think that's been <laughs> yeah. proven. You know, and he's probably in the right conference in the SEC. <laughs> you know, you don't turn me in, I won't turn you in, type of thing. But right. um, you can't argue with what he's done. And mm-hmm. Auburn is, you know, they're one of the teams that says, "Hey, why can't we win it this year?" And, and they got talent. They got uh, they got a bunch of seniors on that team, and I and I don't care yeah. what anybody says. I think that makes a huge difference. Uh, come uh, come in March. Hey, wait, last thing for you: How will McCaffrey handle this tonight? Uh, both with Even and with Craner, these are guys that usually come off the bench. They're the sixth and seventh guys, first guys off the bench most nights. Will he start them tonight? I think he will. I think he will. I I, I think they played enough. Uh, maybe. Maybe not Bakari because he's you know it, it sounds bad, but he's just a one year guy. Mm-hmm. But I, I think they start Creener, um, uh, and then Bakari maybe maybe not. Uh, but I, I think Creener definitely starts. Which he said he he deserves that, and he stuck through. You know, again could have transferred. You know, Tyler Cook came in and was the marquee guy. Yeah. And Garza emerged, and um, he's a good player. R- R- Ryan yes. can really play, and he's tough and. He's going to make some money playing basketball. You know, I just looked up. I, I did not realize. I knew he was tall. I didn't realize. He's 255. He carries that. Yeah. Well, that's a big he's guy. A big dude. Yes, he yeah, is. Yeah, that wingspan. And he's, he's he's more athletic than you think. And, you know, he can he can shoot the three well enough. And, and, and that's why Europe, you know, if you want to play in Europe, they want big guys or they want point guards. 
Mm-hmm. And you know, they, they want guys that, that can dunk and put on a show, and that, that's why Aaron White does so well. Now, Ryan's not as athletic as Aaron White, but he's definitely a bigger presence inside, and that's why I think he can make he can make some good money overseas. Talk to you next week, Wade. You're our dude. Thank you, uh, Wade Looking Bill. Appreciate <laughs> Anytime. it. Anytime. Good luck. Thanks, guys. Thank you, buddy. Take sure. care. Wade Looking Bill, a former Hawkeye, joining us here as we talk Purdue and Iowa senior night, and I'm with him. I think they'll start Creener. I don't – Evelyn, one yeah, year, dude. One year, yeah. We'll see. Uh, we'll come back, go on record. Have you got some place in a, either of these two games? What are the numbers on, on them, by the way? I know Iowa State, what, gets five from six Westford? now. Six? Getting six. Iowa's how big of a favorite? Four, four and a half, five, depending on where you go. That's a goofy And you've spread. got options now since you're oh, a DraftKings customer. I have options. This has been... This has been fun playing around with those numbers, finding more middling opportunities. So you are shopping for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, you should. When I have the time, when I have the time, which depends on the day, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's great. And I've told you that DraftKings app, it is quick. I mean, Solid. you you go through, you get things, all the futures I told you about. Uh-huh. In fact, let's t- let's dabble in those coming up next. Oh, we got conferences, don't we? Conference, Conference tournament. tournament odds to win the whole thing. You and I, the big favorite in the valley, no surprise, but. Maybe some surprising numbers in the Big Ten and Big Ten. All right, we'll do that when we come back and wrap up the program. Murph and Andy, you two apologized yesterday. I said they were on yesterday at 2 o'clock yesterday. I didn't realize the Wild The Wild got them. They did get them, but they won't get them today. Murph and Andy will be here at 2 in the Fanatics at 4. We take you until noon. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106. Retail for full details. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Who's Bill Dankovich? Long story. Uh, Miller and Condon, welcome back. By the I way, hear quick that story. Over there all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, the five-minute breaks, uh, I hear some funny things come out of your words. You're talking to nobody in particular. No, nobody in particular. <laughs> it's it's me. <laughs> so, um, speaking of me, I had my first corn dog in my life this morning. Oh, you did? Yes. So, You're, Bonnie's leaving. What? Bonnie Lucas, Van and Bonnie. Mm-hmm. And I guess the State Fair brought in a bunch of pork chops on sticks and okay. corn dogs and... Uh, Van Harden was walking. He was carrying a grub downstairs to the break room. He said, oh, "You want to want, want a pork chop? We got all this food left over. Pork chop at eight thirty in the morning doesn't really sound like no. me." So I looked at it. They're freaking huge. Yes. So that wasn't that that wasn't going to work. So, uh, I, but I had a corn dog. I try. I thought, you know what? I haven't had one of these in my life. Why You've not? lived sixty one years and have never eaten never a eaten corn a dog? corn dog until this morning. And Andrew Downs shared it with. Well, didn't share it. He stood beside me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, didn't, um, I thought that was going to be no. You have a bite, then I'll have a bite. No. Okay. But um, I mean, I get the hype. I guess they're good. They're not bad. Was yeah. it crispy? Or yes. was it a little? It was still crispy. Okay. Yeah. Because after a while, you figure they get a little soggy. But no, this wasn't the case. Are you not a hot dog fan? Or I you am, a, but I'm not. I didn't think I'd be a corn dog fan. I mean, you know, why like ruin a hot meal? dog? It's not ruining it. No, it's, it wasn't. I was. I, I was. I was glad I did. Now I put ketchup on it. Yeah. Some people will because I hate ketchup on hot dogs. Oh, you do. No, okay, I want yeah, one of those people. Yeah. No. 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 You fit in well not. in Chicago. Yes. You'll get. You get yes. yelled at if Chicago you do that over dog. there, as I have been verbally assaulted for putting. 
ketchup on my hot dog in Chicago. Well, there might be some left after the show. I, okay. for, I meant to tell you this prior to. Well, and, we got TV duty, so I might be eating a corn dog oh, on the run over. Right. We're taping our Mediacom show today. So I'm guessing the conference odds that you tease going into break will be part of our Mediacom show that we uh, that airs on MC22, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, what what have you got for us? So um, you and I is a huge favorite. Minus 300. Minus 300. Minus 300. What's Loyola? Plus 300. Hmm, three to one. I have a team that is, we like Missouri State. Most day, where are they? 11 to one. Well, and they're going to be able to avoid you and I until Sunday mm-hmm. if indeed both schools can get that far. I think that's worth a flyer. At 11, 11 to 1, 1, absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. And in the 4-5 game, Southern has not played great down the stretch, mm-hmm. but they're 60 to 1. 60 to 1 is at least, I got to do, do a deeper dive on the solution. So they would have to win on Friday mm-hmm. and then come back and play the Panthers, assuming they beat Drake or Illinois yep. State at 60 to 1? 60 to 1. It's worth a flyer at the very least. For a even, five seed? <laughs> and because of that, if they win that first game at 60 to 1, you've got plenty of money where you can guarantee yourself a profit. That has to be a misprint. A five seed I'm, is I'm 60 looking to 1. Right now at the DraftKings app, and it is 60 That's to 1. That's crazy. Absolutely nuts on that end. So those are the Valley ones that at least jumped out to me. Drake, 80 to 1. Mm-hmm. They got to win four days. Yeah, four, it's, it's and nobody has done that in the Valley. It's happened in other conferences. Mm-hmm. Never before in the mm-hmm. Valley has a team won four games. Didn't, in didn't four the Hawks days. do that in Indianapolis? They did, yeah. yeah. That first Big Ten title mm-hmm. with Alford and Company. Yep. Okay, so uh, Big 12, do you have that? I do. Your favorite, Kansas, plus 125. Yep. Even at that price, I might take a shot. Well, it seems like easy money. Baylor's two twenty five. No thanks. No, West Virginia. Where are they? Five fifty. Are they the two? third choice? They are. No thanks. Texas Tech at eight to one. Uh, Texas Tech scares me. They got How about some Oklahoma athletes. at twelve to one? I'd rather have Texas Tech. You would at eight yes. to one. Okay. What about Iowa State? They are the last choice. Which was hundred to one. Shot two hundred. Two hundred to one. And again, at that price, what's K State? If Iowa State's the longest. Has the biggest price. What's K State? They're a hundred to one. Them and Oklahoma State are both a hundred to one. And these are DraftKings odds. This is DraftKings. Huh. I was very surprised by that. Is Iowa State going to win this thing? No, no, of course not. But at two hundred to one, and if they pull it, win their first game, then pull an upset, you have enough capital now. Where regardless of what the odds are in that semifinal and championship game, if they keep winning. You can guarantee yourself a profit at two hundred to one. That's a great price. Now they got to win two games to do that to just make sure that you get a profit. But you can do that. I, I liked your first idea. Bet Kansas. <laughs> Bet Kansas at one twenty-five. Uh, Big Ten. Uh, Michigan State is the favorite. Yes, they are co-favorite. Oh, they're co- Maryland, right? Seven to two mm-hmm. for both of them. Mm-hmm. Hawks are. Let me guess. All right, they're not ten to one. They're they're six to one. They're seven to one. Seven to one. Okay. They are the fifth choice. Two teams above them. Both of them eleven to two. Penn State and who? Michigan. Oh come on! You know my love of Michigan, I and know. they've played well historically in this tournament. Yes, they have. What did they? What did they? Uh, what got lost in flight? When was it the shoes or the unis? The uniforms. Was they had to wear the their uni- practice uniforms right. for the first two days as the yeah. the airplane went off the runway and all their luggage. Oh, that story! I yes. do remember that. That was their that was their charter flight. Right. That was a scary one. How about the Illini at fifteen to one? Oh, take a shot. How about the Badgers at twenty to one? Um, I like Illini better. But, you do, but okay. twenty to one on Wisconsin. Yes, boy, Reavers played well the other night. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. The two teams played in their home state: Indiana and Purdue. Hoosiers forty to one, Purdue fifty to one. They're long odds. Mm-hmm. What are the go? What are my Gophers? 
Your Gophers are sixty to one. <laughs> you and Papa Sar, you love your yeah. Gophers. Well, football. Now I'm not sure I'm going to love the Gophers in football this coming fall. Oh, okay, you were just jumped in front of it. Well, I just, I, you know, I picked somebody that wasn't the uh, wasn't the chalk and. You know, fell in love with them. Anyways, uh, you're off tomorrow. Yes. Uh, we are off on Thursday. You were not. You'll have high school hoops, so we'll fill it up. David Kaplan's going to join the program tomorrow. Zuba Mahente's going to be here. I uh, hope you can be. Uh, I hope you can join us from 10 until noon as we talk sports. We'll recap Island, Iowa State as well. Miller and Condon, 10 to noon. Murph and Andy next to two. Fanatics at 4, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.